Hey, everybody. It's the uh, Our Band is Better Than Your Band podcast. Uh, brought to you by the Clarion Ledger. I'm Keith Kellenberger, sports editor and column for the Clarion Ledger. Joined by Antonio Morales of Jackson State and Swackley Rudder. Antonio, how's it going? Good, good. How are you doing, Hugh? I'm good. Um, it's a, uh, we hit a little bit of a soft spot, man. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know. Let's, let's just be real upfront and honest here. <laughs> We're going to bounce around because there's not a whole lot going yeah. on right now. Um, I, I guess we'll talk about some basketball. Football's pretty dry right now. There's not really any football news. We could talk about, actually, something that just came up, uh, not right now, but I mean, last week, Alcorn lost another coach right. to USM, I think. That's the fourth if you're counting Jay. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's start. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. All credit to Alcorn State yeah. in winning the SWAC back-to-back title. Good on Jay Hobbs for getting mm-hmm. the Southern Miss job. How do you think it's going to turn out? Turning and burning that Southern Miss staff that had just <laughs> won CU or just won a CUSA divisional doing? title, and bringing the SWAC up with them. Conference championship uh, SWAC staff. Granted. <laughs> Like, it's a little... Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, yeah. It, he, he's either going to look brilliant, yeah. or it's going to be one of those just like, what the hell was he thinking? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it, and it's not an indicator of those guys' talents or abilities. Mm-hmm. It's just... Even SWAT to USA, mm-hmm. Conference USA, it's so different. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's a huge leap. Like I know people maybe think like slack the Sun Belt maybe even like, that yeah but it's like slack the Conference USA I mean Western Kentucky is like a good team Louisiana Tech solid uh, Marshall solid I mean those are all solid programs they're gonna be coaching against um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out I know those guys wanted all for it and once you once there's a new head coach he's gonna want to bring his guys in and guys he can trust to get that, to help develop make the program move forward. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I just, yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, I, and it's it, like I said, it's not about those individual guys. Mm-hmm. It's just big picture, and it's about who they're gonna be all of a coaching against. It's really about who they're gonna be recruiting against. Yeah, like let's be real, Alcorn State has taken a bunch of dudes, some of whom could not have gone anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like. Say a slot wide receiver <laughs> who was uh, one of the suspects in the Vanderbilt rape case. No, that was him. That was, uh, oh yeah, that was him. That was, yeah, that was a slot receiver who nobody knows how he left Memphis before he got kicked off or he left. Yeah, he right. Um, some dudes from Florida with yeah. <laughs> kind of you know checkered past. Yeah, so like there's some things you can do at Alcorn to get talent. Southern Miss ain't gonna go for. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some things you can do where when you're in Lorman and the media coverage consists of you yeah. showing up, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, every, couple of weeks. every couple of weeks, maybe talking to somebody on the phone, um, you know, maybe a TV station coming by once a week, yeah. you can get away with some things. Um, they're, they're willing to kind of roll up the sleeves. And... Roll, more second chances are given out. Some, <laughs> some third chances, some yeah. fourth chances. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Um, and they also were doing this recruiting at a time when Jackson State was at a nearly all-time bottom. Well, yeah. Like, they were recruiting against Harold Jackson. Mm-hmm. They were recruiting against Rick Homage at Valley. Like, recruiting was easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've had people on that staff tell you that, like, they 
They didn't worry that much. Yeah, about exactly. It. Right. One of Southern Miss's huge problems, one of the reasons why Southern Miss is no longer the Jeff Bauer Southern Miss, is recruiting. Mm-hmm. Because over the last decade, a ton of other programs have popped up. Yeah. UAB, South Alabama, Middle Tennessee, Tro- Middle Tennessee Troy, um, even bringing the, you know, La La, yeah. uh, Louisiana Monroe. All of a sudden, all of that talent that Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, all of that talent that for years Jeff Bauer was the only one taking mm-hmm. from, all of a sudden there's like five or six schools trying to recruit those guys. And Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Because Mississippi State has also made a home in South Mississippi yeah. and pulling guys out. Ole Miss has gone in and grabbed guys out. There was a time when like AJ and CJ Moore, the Bassfield twins, mm-hmm. that are basically backups and special team players, at Ole Miss, there was a time when they would have gone straight to Southern Miss because that would just would have been two A kids from Basketball. They're kind of undersized. Mm-hmm. Southern Miss. Instead, Ole Miss is willing to take them. Yeah. Um. And, and you know, on the guess that they're going to project into something more. So it's the game has just really, really changed, and because of that, I, are they going to be able to handle it? <laughs> that's just my that's just my thing, and I think that's true with any staff. But I'm inter- I am interested to see what happens at, at Southern Miss with all those dudes going up. And I'm yeah. also to see what happens with Alcorn because it's not just Jay Hobson didn't just leave all of a sudden. Yeah, now you're talking about replacing several dudes on that staff. Yeah. That becomes much more of Fred McNair's staff than it was, oh, Fred's, really just the, yeah, Fred's just the assistant who got the head coaching job. Mm-hmm. And, but we're all going to hang out and still be the same group. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Mississippi State just lost like their whole team with the staff. But Alcorn lost all but one other defensive coaches, Cedric Thomas was promoted to defensive coordinator a few weeks back. Uh, but other than him, they've lost all of their defensive coaches. They lost Tony Pecoraro, who's defensive coordinator. They lost uh, Derek Nicholson, who's defensive line coach, and lost Turner, who's um, the outside linebackers coach, I think. Um, so they pretty much lost the whole defensive staff. Thomas is the only one coming back. I think they promoted a GA to, uh, to linebackers coach, I think. Um, so Fred's going to have to make some, some real hires. Um, so kind of fill out that staff and everybody's out and be, oh, this is the best. Fred Fred's hire was the best for continuity, but there's not going to be much continuity on the other side of the ball. It's going to be a lot of new faces over there. Right. It's a fascinating deal. Kind of, you know, Southern Miss has to make a change and all of a sudden a, a program that, you know, want a ring mm-hmm. makes a change and all of a sudden has a bunch of new faces because of it. And as a result, Alcorn State's now a team that want a ring. going to have a bunch of changes to it. Yeah. And like we said, I mean, that just helped Jackson State and Tony Hughes' cause yeah. even more. Um, with with that new defensive staff that Alcorn's going to have, um, you know, it'll take some time to kind of get that thing rolling and to make the adjustments and get familiar with the players and the players to get familiar with the coaches. Um, so we'll see how long it takes. Alcorn's offense should be fine, um, but the defense will probably, just given that everything's going to be new, um, might take a step back this year. Right, absolutely. Kind of changes things looking ahead, mm-hmm. way ahead to the fall yeah. in terms of leveling the playing field. Yeah, um, because that's the thing. All these teams in the SWAC can score, but what really set Alcorn apart was its defense, and they are right. able to play solid defense. They're only giving up like 250-something yards per game. Um, and they're just so – I know they struggle in the celebration rule, but against the SWAC, they played pretty solid throughout the whole season. Yeah, I mean, you go back to our championship game, they they gave up some yards. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up some points, but they were able to win that game. 
because while they allowed uh, Grambling to move the ball in between the 20s, when it got down to the you know 20-yard line, they yeah, were allowed to get a turnover or force a field goal. They were able to do exactly what they needed to do. Yeah, really, most of these games come down to can you get one stop, one yeah. or two stops. Yeah, so yeah, that's the thing that's kind of set them apart is how well their defense has played. So now if it's taking a step back, you kind of figure they'll come back to the pack a little bit and, and somebody like Grambling or Southern or maybe JSU will kind of step up and maybe maybe catch them this year. But it's going to be interesting to see how, how that plays out and um, how they how they adjust when spring ball starts on, on March 22nd. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's go to basketball, man. All right. Some, some things happened. Yeah. On, on Monday, kind of kind of laid out what, what happened on Monday that's kind of changed um, maybe how we view two through four in the SWAC. Alcorn, Alcorn State lost um, in Al, in Alabama, to Alabama State last right. night. Um, so that drops them to 10 and 5, um, or 11 and 5, 11 and 5, I think, something around there. And um, Southern lost to Alabama A&M. Uh, Southern was lost. Uh, Southern was swept this weekend in Alabama by the Alabama schools. Alcorn split. So Alcorn's 11 and 4. So they're in second by themselves, but they're only a half game up on JSU, who's 10 and 4. And Southern's two losses dropped them to 10 and 5. Going into this past weekend, going into Saturday, Southern and Alcorn were tied for second, and JSU was um, in fourth. Now JSU's moved up a spot. They want to finish two or three. Um, Alcorn and Southern play on Saturday. Alcorn's in second, just by half game, and Southern's in fourth. So that's a big one on Saturday. JSU is going to probably be happy if either loses, but they probably are rooting for for um, a Southern win so they could probably jump into second. Right, right, exactly. Because if, if Southern beats Alcorn on Saturday, Alcorn would drop to 11-5. and five. Southern would be at 11-5. and five. But Jackson State could jump up and beat eleven and four, yeah. and all of a sudden they're uh, a half game ahead yeah. of those guys with just a couple of weeks left to play. We're kind of yeah. getting into the nitty gritty of this yeah. thing. There's um, just a, a week left. Actually, as of Saturday, the last game will not be this Saturday, but next Saturday. And JSU has four games left, and and I think the top three schools are up Southern and Alcorn. Both have three games left, but JSU has four. Right. Um. JSU got the win against Grambling on mm. Saturday, sixty-one to fifty-eight on the road, two and one over a three-game road stand. We had talked about this. This was kind of a big stretch for them. Yeah, where they they had to they couldn't lose a whole lot of ground. Yeah, yeah, and they won that game without Paris Collins. Uh, um, Wayne Brent said that he has has a shoulder that keeps popping out, and he suffered that shoulder injury about a month ago. He's going to need to get surgery in the off season. Um, he's the leading scorer, 13.8 points per game for Jackson State. And he's arguably one of the best defenders on the team. Um, so I think right now they're kind of keeping him playing. He's not practicing. He's only playing. Um, and this was a good week to kind of rest him because they had the Grambling game that they felt they were good enough to win without him. Then they have a whole week off until they play Valley. So I think they kind of did that to give him a week's rest. Um, but they went into Grambling and, and won without him. Uh, Gator Worsham. All six of his shots. Um, he had to expect double, double figures in scoring again. I think Javaris Brent had double figures in scoring. Uh, I know Wayne Brent 
probably didn't like the way they closed the game, where they could give up like nine points in the final minute and a half um, to make the score look a little bit better than it was. But I mean, a win's a win. They're going to take it. So now they're ten and four in the slack, and they have four games they should win. I know the Alabama school caused some trouble um, for Southern Melbourne this past weekend. Jackson State has to go over there to end their season next week. But these two home games against uh, Valley and Pine Bluff are definitely winnable. Yeah, I mean, they have to. Like, you just have to win both of those. Valley's 5-10 yeah. and 10 in the league. Um, just really has struggled so mm-hmm. far this season. Pine Bluff's even worse at 4-11. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, they're just... I hesitate to use the must-win phrase because we're talking about a situation in which it really... It matters, but it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. seed you are going to the conference tournament. It yeah. doesn't matter. Texas Southern gets to say they're a conference cha- champion because they won the regular season. But, like, yeah. if I Texas Southern loses its first game in the SWAC tournament, yeah, they're not going to make the tournament. They're not going to make the NIT. They're going, mm-hmm. They make the NIT because that's yeah. the regular season conference champion. That's the only thing they're assured of. Yeah. Like, so if you're Jackson State, there's really no – you don't gain anything significant going two, three, four – Anywhere in there. Yeah. It's really about seeding. It's about Position, trying to avoid yeah. Texas Southern. But at the same time, like, the direction of your season doesn't change because of one of those things. So it's yeah. not a must-win scenario. Yeah. At the same time, these are very much should wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the games are should wins. But, I mean, it's just a matter of them coming out focused on the road those last two. Um, they, they handled... Valley and Pine Bluff on the road easily um, when they played them a couple weeks ago. So now it's just a matter of staying focused and winning those games for Jackson State and closing out the season next week against A&M and, and Alabama State um, on the road. And they should have Paris Collins back on Saturday, I'm guessing. Um, so that should help out a little bit. And Yetri Specs has kind of stepped up for them at point guard. Um so it'll be interesting, but yeah, they'll definitely get more help with the Alcorn Southern game, and somebody has to lose, so um, that'll help them with their seating. It's a hot take there, man. Somebody <laughs> has to lose. Yeah, somebody has to lose. Dude. Analysis. And now, yeah, <laughs> cool down that mic over there, yeah. man. Come on, <laughs> and uh, slow, slow down. <laughs> and Alcorn State and Southern have to play Texas Southern still too. Right. Um, so, so you're talking about. Good chances for each of them getting another loss. Yeah. So, Jackson State's sitting in a good spot right now. Yeah, absolutely. All, all created by the fact that Alcorn got upset on Monday. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Jackson State's position to finish second in the league. And, and I I don't even know if it matters too much two versus three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just want I think you three. just got to finish second or third. I mean, I guess it matters a little bit in terms of who you play in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. But Jackson State should and Alcorn should be either of those teams. Yeah, and they're all bunched up. So even then, it's yeah. not like, you know, the bottom half of the league is all bunched up together where there's not a whole lot of difference. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it's not a situation in which there's a dramatic difference between the sixth best team and the seventh yeah, best team in the yeah. league. They're they're sitting there the same record. So it's, it doesn't matter all that much. Yeah. Is there anything about this Jackson State basketball team that has surprised you so far this season that you didn't see coming? Or has it been pretty much exactly what, you thought and what Wayne Brent thought. I think it's pretty much what they thought. I think the development of Yetri Specs has kind of helped out lately. Um, but it's pretty much what they thought. They they were depending, they're going to depend on Chase Franklin, Paris Collins a lot. 
um, than they have. And Gator Worsham has been steady, just like he was last year. He's averaging nearly the same amount, right. same amount of points, same amount of rebounds, um, getting those dirty buckets, getting the garbage points. Um, and he's still been doing that just fine this year. Um, so I think it's pretty much around what they've been doing. They thought they'd be better on offense than they are. And people is still fine. They're still rebounding really well. They're like number 53 in the country in, in rebounding. Um, so it's kind of pretty much what you expected. Just another gradual step um, from where they were last year and the year before that. Um, and just progress. And next year, you kind of imagine them to make another step forward. Mentioning next year kind of leads me into my next thing. Is there any doubt that Wayne Brett is back next year? I mean, he should be. He, I mean, like, is there any? Right. Qualify that. <laughs> Jack stays on a lot of good things lately. Yeah, there's still there's still the possibility until proven otherwise that the Jack State this. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne Brett should probably keep his head down for a little next few weeks. <laughs> um, Vi- he sees Vivian say hello, <laughs> kiss the ring. I mean, Vivian's AD who, who hired him, right? So he has right. that going for him. He has that going for him. So there, there's that. I guess, yes, there's a chance that something happens. But Wayne Brent deserves to be the coach yeah, of this team. He Wayne. deserves a contract extension. Yeah. Um, obviously, taking them from where they were to now on on pace for the top two or top three, finishing the SWAC, um, that's the next year is going to be his best team. So I think for, for that sake, you kind of want them to – to have the same guy that that's leading them, um, there ha- nothing's been announced extension wise. Um, you probably imagine that they'll have that they'll wait toward the end of the season um, to right. get something done because end season just too hectic. Um, so yeah, I mean if they finish, especially if they finish number two in the regular season and make a, a deep tournament run, then I don't see there's any, why there's any reason why he shouldn't get that extension. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think what impresses me is, number one, they're getting better every year. Mm -hmm. Number two, initially when Wayne Brenton showed up, he was taking a lot of the second-chance kids. Um, A a lot of dudes that had ties to Jackson, um, for whatever reason, had not worked out at a bigger program. He was offering them that lifeboat. I don't think that was a bad decision in and of itself, but it was dependent on how those guys would take those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Not all of them took him the right way. Yeah. It hurt him. I think what stands out to me now is that he has recruited his recruiting strategy has changed. Yeah. He's now recruiting much more in a traditional manner. Mm-hmm. He's building a program much more than he is going out every spring and figuring out what's you know, going to help us this next yeah, year. Right. Living in the moment, who's been cut, um, whose coach can't stand to look at him anymore. I'll take I'll take all the wayward sons and bring them home. Mm-hmm. I and you know, mention how they should have a, a even better team next year. They return Chase Franklin, they return yeah. Paris Collins, Janarius Middleton, Trayshawn Bolden, Paris yeah. Brent, Troy Stansel, Yetra Specs, Dontavian Robinson. There's only two dudes in their rotation, Wafer Warsham and uh, Kevin Bernard. Yeah, Kevin Bernard. Kevin Bernard that are going to be gone. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody else is coming back. You, there's a lot of things to build off of. There's just no. And we're still talking about a team that's fighting for be second place in the yeah. SWAC. Has a has a good a shot of anybody else at beating Texas Southern in Houston in the SWAC tournament and getting to an NCAA tournament. Yeah. If he does that, there's no doubt he's getting a contract extension. And he should actually get a four year contract 
Jackson Jackson State apparently doesn't want to give out, but he <laughs> should get that if he gets the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But, um, he, but even if he falls short of that, he's done enough. Yeah. Like, the program is on the right path. Yeah. And people thought this was going to be a good hire when it originally when it originally happened, and now you're kind of seeing that develop and that kind of um, play out with just the way it's been going. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you that it should it should happen. Yes, it should happen. More agreement. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't oppose to it. It's not. We're not embracing debate. We're not embracing debate. <laughs> no, we are not okay. embracing debate. No, that's that's not what we do here. Yeah. Sometimes, some, yeah. but not here. Yeah, not, not not in this situation. Not on Wayne Brett. Not on Wayne. Brett. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're both good with that. Yeah. Oh, so where do you want? Where else, man? What's up? What's going on? Um, Texas State baseball got postponed today. That's right. Yeah, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Um, have you gone out season yet? Yeah, I went out on Friday. I saw them play. They won uh, eight to five, and uh, they split their four game series with uh, UT Martin. So what was the uh, what was the SWAC baseball experience like for you? It was fine. Um, the crowd was it was a pretty pretty full stands. There's a lot of people okay. out there. Um, for the first game of the season, uh, I mean it was fine. Uh, Jackson State. Jesus Santana, I think he had two home runs, two or three home runs this, this weekend. Um, on Friday, they pitched well. Um, they had some struggles with the relief toward the end. Um, Saturday, they really struggled pitching. I think they got 30 runs and 33 hits in their doubleheader. That's <laughs> and, not good. And um, Sunday, they bounced back and um, they only gave up two runs. Uh, so that was a bounce back performance for them. Um, they look solid. Uh, it's going to really depend on what the rotation does, obviously, when your starters only last three or four innings in those doubleheader games, um, that forces a lot of work on your bullpen, which had, which struggled a little bit. So the bats should be there, just going to be coming down to pitching for JSU. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of college teams in and of itself that can handle a four game series. Yeah. That that would stress most pitching staffs. Yeah. Um, t- you know, typically, you know, you're lucky if you could sit there and you say that you have your three weekend starters and mm-hmm. and you have maybe four relievers that you really trust. Yeah. You have seven dudes who you feel like you're going to count on over the course of a weekend. Most of the time, that's going to get you through. Maybe su- Sunday is where it gets a little sketchy. Um, that's where seeds are won and lost a lot of times. That's where, you know, you win a conference is on Sundays. Yeah. If, you, if you can, you know, your eighth, ninth, tenth pitcher, so they can give you an inning um, mm-hmm. of, of decent relief. That's how you, that's how you win um, and really do something in the league. But, you know, you talk about four games. It, yeah. All of a sudden that tenth dude is having to pitch multiple <laughs> innings. And, and some, that's, maybe it'll surprise you. Maybe other times you won't. <laughs> Uh, but this this weekend should be an interesting series against Florida A and M. Florida A and M was picked to win its division. Um, they won their conference tournament last year, so that'll be an interesting test for JSU. It's, it's only a two game series, so uh, Saturday and Sunday, I think. So and that should be uh, a good test to see kind of where they stand um, this early in the season. Are you a baseball guy? Uh, I don't I, think we've ever talked about this. <laughs> I interned for Major League Baseball after I graduated, and I grew up. Uh, Watching a lot of Padres baseball. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you can kind of say I'm a baseball guy. That's where I kind of am too. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a baseball guy in that I like the Braves. 
for you. I know. And for a long, long time, like, I was spoiled, where I was just like, yeah. oh, another division title, 13th in a row, yeah. yay! Uh, and now all of a sudden it's dropped off a cliff. <laughs> now they have is Freddie Freeman, and uh, somebody, somebody said Freddie Freeman in the Who. Freddie Freeman in the Who. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> one, yeah. yeah. That's a, yeah, I, I mean, I was talking about it with a buddy, and we are like, going over, like, the lineup, and it was just like, like, you know all of them separately, but then, like, you put it, like, you look at, like, MLB.com, you look at the depth chart, mm-hmm. and you look at it all together, and you're just like, oh, my God. Just littered with Padres prospects from uh, Craig oh, I know. and Justin Upton. I know. And BJ Upton. Oh, I mean, we have prospects for days. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if Dansby Swanson ends up at, at Mississippi over at Pearl, I'm buying season tickets. <laughs> I may only get the half season ticket plan because Dance being gonna be here that long. <laughs> but I'm a I'm Yeah, I'm all about that guy. That was a great that was the greatest trade in the history of trades. Trading Shelby Miller and getting Dansby Swanson the number one overall draft pick. Shelby Miller. I mean, thank you, Diamondbacks. <laughs> thank you for being stupid. Um But yeah, I mean the Braves, I feel like they're kind of where the Padres used to be, like, after the Padres went to the World Series, like, 98, where just, like, prospects, which you know you're going to lose, like, 90 to 100 games per year. But you're right. just waiting for the prospects to come and develop. Yeah, the only problem I have with it is that there's this idea that, like, they're all going to develop instantaneously. Yeah. And they're, like, the Braves are still holding true to this, like, the new stadium opens up in 2017, mm-hmm. and we will be a good team in 2017. And it's just like, you know... I don't know if it's going to be 2017. Yeah. Like, it, this feels like a 2018, 2019. <laughs> like, it just, it feels further out than that. Just, there's so many holes. Like, yeah. they're just, they're kind of like, I, I think there's a little bit too much of a, like, we're just going to copy what the Cubs did, and yeah. that will totally work. And it's like, it's like every NBA team that saw like the Thunder draft Kevin Durant and, and Russell Westbrook and James, and James Harden in like three drafts, and we're just like, oh, we'll just do that. Like <laughs> if we if we're bad for three years in a row, we really? will also get three of the top ten players in the world, yeah. and not recognizing the fact that like there's only ten top yeah. ten players in the world, <laughs> and they all and they're not in three consecutive yeah. drafts, and that you have to like. Not only get lucky yeah. and that those guys are available, they also didn't have the number one pick three years in a row. They yeah. were getting like Russell Westbrook and James Harden like three. fourth and fifth. They got yeah. Kevin Durant second. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it's it just it's hard to make that like it's not replicable. Yeah, and the Cubs even had to do free agents and stuff, right? Um, to land some of their guys, right? And, and they and they got extraordinarily lucky in that the half dozen or whatever top prospects that they had that they built around have all to this point panned, panned out. out. Yeah. That doesn't always happen. I mean, I can I can look at the Braves prospects right now and tell you which ones aren't gonna pan out. Chris Ellis, one of the dudes they got from uh the Angels in the uh Anderton Simmons deal, I don't think it's gonna work out. The old miss guy. I saw that kid <laughs> pitch for three years. I don't think I don't think he's a major league pitcher. Sometimes, I, sometimes I don't, you get surprised. I don't. I don't it's rare. Yeah, I just. I don't think. I, I never was overly impressed with his, his mental makeup. For him to hang, him and hang in there when things get tough. I just don't know. I don't know if he has it. Yeah. 
Or it's it's more often than that that the guys who don't think are gonna pan out don't pan out. I mean, right. There's very few surprises. Right. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with the Braves. Probably sixty win, seventy win season. Yeah, I think I saw the over under is like sixty seven and a half. Yeah, should be looking at ninety five losses, like around there. Yeah, and I think I think I take. I think I'll take the under. Yeah. The problem is the pitching. Like the pitching was actually surprisingly good last year because you did have Julio Tehran, you did have Shelby Miller, so you you had two out of every five days. You had a good starting mm-hmm. pitcher, but now Bud Norris may be the Braves' number two starter. Bud Norris. I mean, it's, you think that's stacking up with the Mets rotation? Yeah, very comparable. <laughs> very. Hey, they're going to start five guys. We're going to start five guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's where their, the similar, similarities end. They put their pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after that, I don't know. Oh. It's going to be a long year. The only good news about the Braves uh, being terrible is that I don't have to subject myself to Chip Carey and Joe Simpson every night for the entire summer. Because when they're good, the Braves are on every day in Jackson. You feel like you should watch. And then, but you have to listen to those two idiots. You feel like Chipper Jones' Twitter timeline is going to be more entertaining than the Braves. I had to unfollow Chipper. I unfollowed Chipper about, probably about a year and a half ago. Because it was making me sad. (laughs) Like, it was too insane. Um, the moment when he was, he, uh, watched JFK, the, uh, movie from the early nineties with like Kevin Costner, he was like live tweeting JFK and was turning into like a second shooter truther during the course of the film. I was like, this is too much. <laughs> like you, there, there are just moments in which you figure out that guys who, and I'm young, I'm just young enough where Chipper Jones was for a time, one of my quote unquote heroes, um, it, to see and find out that it turns out that he's a dude with a high school education and has been a professional baseball player since he was 18 and really had no interest whatsoever in being anything other than a professional <laughs> baseball player. It probably hasn't spent the most amount of time learning about the rest of the world and how the rest of the world operates. It was disappointing. <laughs> Almost as disappointing as it had to be for to be a Padres fan and have the Padres take on $100 million in payroll <laughs> that had no chance of working out. So, 1998, National League Championship Series. Padres is over the Braves and six. That's all we can count on these days. Congratulations. <laughs> there was, that was literally a college freshman ago. <laughs> there, was a, there was a kid enrolling. Jackson State's football recruits were not alive for the 1998 <laughs> National League Championship Series. <laughs> I, Do you realize that? I was. Yeah, that's what counts. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. I was there. <laughs> yep. Well, this has gone off the rails. Mm-hmm. Sure has. All right, so we should probably end before we really yeah. just devolve into... We're going to figure out what to do. Maybe we should just start, like, reviewing, like, Jackson restaurants on this yeah. podcast and, like, just, like, really, really, really get loose here as we uh, kind yeah. of dig deep <laughs> into the offseason. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of options, a lot of directions we can go in. Yeah. Yeah. Find a little Babalu, find a little saltine. Mm-hmm. Bulldog. Uh, Bulldog. Yeah, everywhere. Bulldog's pretty average to me. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it just is. I was there on Saturday. Of had, course you were. <laughs> had some good chips and queso. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of directions. The good thing on. about Bulldog is that it knows exactly what it is. It doesn't pretend to be anything other mm-hmm. than just, like, here's some bar food. Yeah. Some chicken tenders. Right. Ideas, whatever you need. They usually have it. So, uh, I'm a Bulldog fan. All right. They have good beer selection. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's nothing wrong with Bulldog. It's just not... Yeah, it's not great, but I mean, you know what you're getting. They know, they know what they're giving you. Right. All right. That's it for this week. Our band is better than your band. Podcast on Clarion Ledger, clarionledger.com. We appreciate all of you listening. SoundCloud and iTunes is where you can find us, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody.